0: hello friends it's the eighth day of september and this is the one-year bible tour guide a daily podcast where we read through the bible aloud word for word and then give a brief explanation to encourage your absorption of its life transforming message My name is David McAdam, and I am pleased to serve as your host, and I hope to point out highlights as we read through today's portions from both the Old and New Testaments, with daily refreshment from the Bible's Song and Prayer Book, the Book of Psalms, and to gather a few golden nuggets from the Bible's Treasure Chest of Wisdom, the Book of Proverbs. Today we start a new book and a new section of the Old Testament. We start the Book of Isaiah, the first book in a section of the Bible known as the Prophets. The book of Isaiah has been called a mini-Bible. In many ways, its 66 chapters parallel the structure of the 66 books of the Bible. We start with a diagnosis of man's problem of sin and a prophetic allusion to sin's remedy in the saving work of the Messiah. As the Old Testament has 39 books, so the first 39 chapters of the book contain the record of the sins of the nations and prophecies regarding the consequential judgments. Yet the last 27 chapters, like the 27 chapters of the New Testament, start with the announcement of the Messiah, a voice calling out in the wilderness, foreshadowing John the Baptist's call to prepare the way of the Lord. And as we shall see, there are many prophecies that picture the person and work of Jesus Christ, including that tremendous chapter, Isaiah 53, describing His perfect sacrificial atoning death on the cross. The book of Isaiah ends with the new heavens and the new earth, just as the New Testament book of Revelation does. Well, let's get started reading the prophecies of Isaiah, and may we, like him, see the Lord high and lifted up, and worship our God, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The prophecies of Isaiah, chapter 1, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah, and jerusalem in the days of uzziah jotham ahaz and hezekiah kings of judah hear o heavens and give ear o earth for the lord has spoken children have i reared and brought up but they have rebelled against me the ox knows its owner and the donkey its masters crib but israel does not know my people do not understand ah sinful nation a people laden with iniquity offspring of evil doers. CHILDREN WHO DEAL CORRUPTLY. THEY HAVE FORSAKEN THE LORD. THEY HAVE DESPISED THE HOLY ONE OF ISRAEL. THEY ARE UTTERLY ESTRANGED. WHY WILL YOU STILL BE STRUCK DOWN? WHY WILL YOU CONTINUE TO REBEL? THE WHOLE HEAD IS SICK, AND THE WHOLE HEART FAINT. FROM THE SOLE OF THE FOOT EVEN TO THE HEAD THERE IS NO SOUNDNESS IN IT. BUT BRUISES AND sores AND RAW WOUNDS, THEY ARE NOT PRESSED OUT OR BOUND UP OR SOFTENED WITH OIL. Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate as overthrown by foreigners. And the daughter of Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a lodge in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we should have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations— I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword." FOR THE MOUTH OF THE LORD HAS SPOKEN. THE UNFAITHFUL CITY How the faithful city has become a whore, she who is full of justice. Righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, your best wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and runs after gifts. They do not bring justice to the fatherless, and the widow's cause does not come to them. Therefore the Lord declares, the Lord of hosts, the Mighty One of Israel, Ah, I will get relief from my enemies, and avenge myself on my foes. I will turn my hand against you, and will smelt away your dross as with lye, and remove all your alloy. And I will restore your judges as at the first, and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward you shall be called the City of Righteousness, the Faithful City. Zion shall be redeemed by justice, and those in her who repent by righteousness. But rebels and sinners shall be broken together, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks that you desired, and you shall blush for the gardens that you have chosen. For you shall be like an oak whose leaf withers, and like a garden without water. And the strong shall become tender and his work a spark, and both of them shall burn together with none to quench them. Chapter 2 The Mountain of the Lord The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountains, and shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it, and many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more o house of jacob come let us walk in the light of the lord the day of the lord for you have rejected your people the house of jacob because they are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers like the philistines and they strike hands with the children of foreigners their land is filled with silver and gold and there is no end to their treasures their land is filled with horses and there is no end to their chariots their land is filled with idols they bow down to the work of their hands, to what their own fingers have made. So man is humbled, and each one is brought low. Do not forgive them. Enter into the rock, and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord, and from the splendor of His majesty. The haughty looks of man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low, against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, against every high tower, against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. And the idols shall utterly pass away, and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground, and before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of His majesty when He rises to terrify the earth. In that day mankind will cast away their idols of silver and their idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to enter the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs, from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of His majesty, when He rises to terrify the earth. Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? This concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have read. The Hebrew Old Testament scriptures are referred to as the Tanakh, sometimes spelled T A N A C H or T A N A K H. The name is a composite term made up of the leading consonants of the three major sections of their Bible, which would have been the Bible Jesus and the early church used. The three sections are the Torah, the five books of Moses, also known as the Law or the Pentateuch, the Nevi'im, the Prophets, and the Ketuvim, the Writings. Today we start the reading of the Nevi'im, the Prophets. This section is divided into two sections, the Major Prophets and the Minor Prophets. They are not named because some prophets had more importance than others. The descriptive term Major does not refer to the prophetic superiority but the size of their scrolls. The Major Prophets are significantly larger. Isaiah is divided into sixty-six chapters, Jeremiah has fifty-two chapters, plus an extra five in Lamentations, Ezekiel has forty-eight. The book of Daniel is not included with the prophets in the Hebrew Bible. It is included in the Ketuvim, the writings in the Tanakh. The prophecies of the remaining twelve prophets, from Hosea to Malachi, are much shorter books, and therefore they are called the Minor Prophets. The Book of Isaiah is considered a mini-Bible for many reasons. Isaiah has 66 chapters, the Bible has 66 books. The Book of Isaiah has two major sections with an historical hinge in chapters 36-39. through The first section of Isaiah, including the historical hinge, has 39 chapters with an emphasis on the law and the righteous government of God. The Old Testament of the Bible has 39 books with the same emphasis. The second section of Isaiah has 27 chapters, chapters 40 through 66, with an emphasis on grace, salvation, and the future reign of Christ and the new heavens and new earth. The New Testament has 27 books with the same emphasis. The New Testament alludes to the book of Isaiah approximately 250 times and quotes it explicitly at least 50 times. Isaiah has been called the fifth evangelist, and the book has sometimes been referred to as the fifth gospel because Christ is featured so predominantly. Christ's virgin birth, his sinless life, his attesting miracles, his substitutionary death, his resurrection, his second coming, and his future reign are clearly presented. Isaiah probably began his ministry several years before Uzziah's death in 740 B.C., he continues to prophesy during the reigns of at least 4 kings: Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. According to tradition, he was sawn asunder during the reign of evil king Manasseh, although the Bible does not explicitly claim this, nor do we have any proof that this was so. But this martyrdom death is referred to in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 37. Isaiah means salvation of the Lord or deliverance of the Lord. He prophesies of five deliverances. Number one, the deliverance of Judah from Assyrian invasion in chapters 36 and 37. Number two, the deliverance of the nation from the Babylonian captivity in chapter 40. Number three, the future deliverance of the Jews from their dispersion among the Gentiles in chapters 11 and 12. Number four, the deliverance of sinners from judgment and number five the final deliverance of creation from the bondage of sin in the new heavens and new earth in isaiah 66 verse 17 and following the predictive elements of isaiah's prophecies are remarkable his accurate predictions of the babylonian exile and his naming of the Achaemenid ruler cyrus who would issue the decree permitting the jews to return to israel and the subsequent post-exilic period Prompted modern skeptics to believe there must be two or three Isaiahs, writing at different times. They note that the tone of the second section, the last twenty seven books, must indicate another Isaiah. Yet Luke affirms the single authorship of the scroll of Isaiah in Luke chapter four verses seventeen through nineteen, when Jesus opens the scroll and reads from Isaiah sixty one verses one and two in the second section. He ascribes the passage to Isaiah rather than an unknown poet of the Maccabean period or later. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 4, verses 17-19. through The scroll of Isaiah is the most intact of all the manuscripts among the Dead Sea Scrolls, dating from 125 B.C. and containing all 66 chapters. There is no substantive manuscript evidence to support more than one author. Chapter 1, verse 1 introduces the scroll's author and focus. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, concerning Judah and Jerusalem, Which he saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1. Chapter 1 of Isaiah has a similar theme to Psalm 50, which we read a few days ago. In poetic language, God summons his creation, the heavens and the earth, to bear witness against his people, proving their disobedience while also extending mercy to a faithful remnant. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 2 and Psalm 50 verse 1. It is also similar to Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 1. Give ear, O heavens, and let me speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. God is calling His people into the courtroom before all of creation in heaven and earth to prove their disobedience. This chapter also proves human depravity, and yet the offer of forgiveness and deliverance to be received through faith in Messiah. Oxen and donkeys are known for special intelligence, and yet they have enough sense to recognize the hand that feeds them and the one who owns them. Not so with these people, who like sheep have turned astray. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3, we read An ox knows its owner, and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. This is the diagnosis. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint, from the sole of the foot even to the head. There is nothing sound in it, only bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged, nor softened with oil. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 5b and 6. The consequence of sin is widely felt. We see a pattern that is often repeated in human history. First, apostasy, people abandon faith in the word of God, their creator. Secondly, moral awfulness in verse 4, and then political anarchy. Isaiah had access to the kings of Judah and the leaders in the royal court. God has had enough of their hypocrisy. They go through the motions, pretending to be devout with their religious observances, but their hearts are far from faithfulness to God's word. He calls God's people to repentance, warning them of judgment and urging them to take God's offer of mercy. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. He clarifies what deep repentance looks like. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, plead for the widow, Isaiah chapter 1 verses 16 and 17. Whereas he predicts blessing if they repent, he warns that judgment awaits if they fail to do so. The judgment would mean their being devoured by the sword where they would be conquered by their enemies in chapter 1 verse 20. God is urging the people of Judah to return to him he reminds them that their future destiny depends upon their response to His forgiving grace. Then I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. After that, you will be called the city of righteousness, a faithful city. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 26. Yet for those who continue in their foolish rebellion, there is consistent warning. But transgressors and sinners will be crushed together, and those who forsake the Lord will come to an end. verse 28 chapters 2 through 5 constitute one complete prophecy the word which isaiah the son of amos saw concerning judah and jerusalem chapter 2 verse 1 chapters 2 through 5 deal with the events that have not yet come to pass we will see as we read the prophets that there are local prophecies that come to pass in the lifetimes of the hearers the fulfillment of these prophecies establishes the credentials of these men as prophets of god As accredited prophets, they make long-range prophecies that we can confidently believe will be fulfilled with the same pinpoint accuracy as the short-range local prophecies. Eschatology is the study of last things. The prophets highlight that history is directional. One day the kingdom of God will be established. In Isaiah's poetic language, mountains speak of government. Now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains, and will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that He may teach us concerning His ways, and that we may walk in His paths. For the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 2 Verses 2 and 3. A fragment of the next verses is etched into a wall of the United Nations building in New York City. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. The United Nations have failed to achieve this ideal. Notice that they omit the key factor for achieving the peaceable kingdom Christ. The actual scripture in context reads, in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4, And he will judge between the nations, and he will render decisions for many peoples. A chief reason for the downfall of Judah will be its accommodation of the idolatries, immoralities, and rebellious spirits of foreign nations. The prophet predicts that the coming kingdom will not come without the cleansing of evil through the judgment on sin. There must be a day of reckoning, in chapter 2, verse 12. Isaiah uses imagery that will be picked up in the New Testament of people hiding in the rocks when severe judgment falls, chapter 2, verse 10 and 19. Enter the rock and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of His majesty. The proud look of man will be abased and the loftiness of man will be humbled and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Verse 22 is a rebuke to humanism, where man, rather than the word of God, is regarded as the measure of all things. Stop regarding man, whose breath of life is in his nostrils, for why should he be esteemed? Now let's move on to our New Testament reading from the One Year Bible today, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Paul defends his ministry. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 i paul myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of christ i who am humble when face to face with you but bold toward you when i am away i beg of you that when i am present i may not have to show boldness with such confidence as i count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh for though we walk in the flesh we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Look at what is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is Christ, let him remind himself that just as he is Christ, so also are we. not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond limits, but we will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ." We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged, so that we may preach the gospel and lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord, for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the New Testament, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Paul had his share of critics. They accused him of being bold in his letters and soft and meek in his personal interactions. His defense is that he intends to be true to the word and character of Christ, which can be both meek, gentle, courageously bold, and convicting. His confidence as a minister of the gospel is not in his own powers of persuasion, his own wisdom and strength but the powerful ministry of the word of god the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh jesus clarifies this truth it is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing the words that i have spoken to you are spirit and are life john chapter 6 verse 63 paul describes his ministry through the means of the preached word we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 5 and 6. The word is a two-edged sword in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 that convicts of sin, punishing disobedience while bringing to life fresh obedience in the heart of every believer. By the power of the Spirit. Paul often finds himself in the awkward position of having to defend himself before his detractors. He is confident in his calling and in the means by which he is fulfilling that calling. He is secure in the knowledge that he is operating within the proper sphere of his God given authority and spiritual competence. Paul, while affirming his apostleship, is not a lone ranger. He recognizes and values the ministries of others and sees how their spheres of authority and ministry complement his. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 18. Next we move to the book of Psalms and we'll be reading Psalm 52, verses 1 through 9, The steadfast love of God endures. To the choir master, a maskil of David, when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul David has come to the house of Ahimelech. Psalm 52 Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good, and lying more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous shall see and fear, and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction? But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever, because you have done it. I will wait for your name, for it is good in the presence of the godly. In this psalm, David has been betrayed by Doeg the Edomite. Edomites were descendants of Esau, enemies of Jacob. Doeg was one of the psychophants who catered to the whims of King Saul to gain power and wealth. When David is fleeing from Saul, he found temporal refuge within the house of Ahimelech. With evil intent, Doeg reports David's whereabouts to Saul. David expresses his anger in this psalm he complains about his enemies. He could be referring to either Doeg or King Saul and refers to his enemy as O Mighty Man or O Big Shot, implied, Who do you think you are? David's description of his enemy could also describe our own sin nature. You love evil more than good, falsehood more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. Psalm 52 verses 3 and 4. But God will bring judgment on the enemy. This is a picture of the work of the cross that terminates the rule of the old sin nature, the flesh. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch you up and tear you away from your tent and uproot you from the land of the living. Selah. Psalm 52, verse 5. In contrast to the man who would not make God his refuge, in verse 7, David describes his inheritance in the Lord. He is like a green olive tree in the house of the Lord psalm 52 verse 8 and we conclude the psalm with verse 9 i will give you thanks forever because you have done it and i will wait on your name for it is good in the presence of your godly ones and we will conclude our bible tour today by going to the book of proverbs and withdraw from its treasure chest a nugget of wisdom proverbs 22 verses 26 and 27 be not one of those who give pledges who put up security for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should your bed be taken from under you? This reminds us, don't become a slave to debt or a sucker to loan sharks. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the prophets and for their portrayal of the person and work of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We acknowledge that we are sinners who desperately need the mercy that was shown to us at Calvary. How assuring it is to know that our sins, as blatantly obvious as a crimson stain, you have erased. We rejoice knowing that our record of wrong has been wiped clean and made as white as snow. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and enable us to function boldly in the sphere of authority and competency that you have given us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, congratulations on making a start on the 23rd book of the Old Testament, the Prophecies of Isaiah, and we look forward to being with you tomorrow as we continue our Bible reading tour. If you would like to know more about New Life Community Church and its ministries, or you would like to subscribe to a daily email with a written copy of our commentary on the one-year Bible reading, you can go to our website, newlife.org. And if you have any questions or comments, or this has blessed you in a special way, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. We are grateful for this time that we have together, and our prayer is that you enjoy the rest of your day, that you be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Shalom.